and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. It is Monday, so as always, we are live on Bucks Report. If you are watching this live, you are either on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or Twitch. You may be watching on a Bucks Report page. You may be watching on a Bucks Banter page. The fact is, those minor logistical details really are not important. What is important, however, is that you've taken time out of your Monday evening to be here with us. And for that, we appreciate you. If you haven't caught us live, or maybe you have but want to listen to this episode again in the future, which may be excessive, but if you do, the option is available. You'll be able to stream the podcast version of this broadcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever you prefer. Just search Bucks Banter. Our YouTube channel conveniently goes by the same username as every other account we own. So please head over to Bucks Banter YouTube channel and subscribe. It helps us out a great deal, and we appreciate that as well. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, and I am here with my two dynamic co-hosts. First, we have the guy with the best basketball tweets in the nation. His face is usually unshaven. The king of vegan pizza creations, Bodan Yard. And we also have the ultimate golf scrambler, the I'll bet on any sport gambler. If this were the Legion of Boom, he'd be our cam chancellor, Scott Capron. Oh, well, hello to you and thank you, Bowden. I mean, come on, how good you know, was last that? Week, last week we didn't have the we didn't have the, that much sauce on these, so yeah, no he's kidding. back with vengeance. Jeez, he had a little extra time to prep this week for sure. And I yeah. think I have, I actually have a similar golf game to Cam Chancellor, so that actually that, that makes sense on a few levels. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, very yeah. physical. I had to make up for last week. I, I, I was off my game with the intro, so I had to uh, reestablish the bar. You're uh, back. Number well one done. in the power rankings again. This is accomplished. <laughs> right on. And I think Legion of Boom would have been a good uh, name for the podcast, for like a podcast that I was doing in hindsight. But uh, the Seattle Seahawks affiliation just wouldn't work because this is a Bucks yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. That would have been confusing. Yeah. I yeah. think it would have been so today we're going to be actually continuing. Normally we don't do our division previews on the uh, Bucks Banter uh, show that we do live with Bucks Report, but uh, it's a slow time of the year. Not much Bucks news, and I think uh, today we're going to dig into the AFC North. And I think there's plenty of people who will be interested in what we have to say about this division as we dig into the players, the coaches, what happened last year, and what we think will happen this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, first, though, any like couple items i just wanted to touch on i'm not going to do like a what's up with the bucks because really we don't have enough bucks stuff to talk about that being said of course our anyone any viewers any listeners any questions related to the buccaneers we're going to kind of leave it up to the audience to determine how much bucks we talk so if at any point you guys want to bring something up ask us a question uh, we'll be happy to to try and find time to address as many of those as we can um one thing, one thing uh, that we haven't talked about, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes will share the cover of the new Madden, uh, Madden 22. I'm no gamer. Bo, you got any, any insight on the uh, recent injury history of Madden cover players? Uh, I know we had an ugly trend going for a few years there. I, I don't know about injuries. I feel like it was, yeah, I feel like that curse has been broken in the last few years, but a lot of flack back coming from the gaming community that Aaron Rodgers 
as they're talking about goats, they don't even have the current MVP on the cover. I don't know. This is a Bucks podcast, but they're saying Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any respect. Well, he's got as many Super Bowls as Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, I think they're I think they're having a tough time also not knowing what jersey to put him on if he was on the title. So true. That's, true. It's going to be a it's a tough look for the Green Bay Packer fans, and this is just another reminder of that flux that their uh, off season is in. And the reason why we're not going to get to the NFC North uh, probably until the end of. Right before the season starts, just because we want to know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, the biggest uh, Madden curse—I I can't remember. I haven't played Madden in about twelve years. But you remember when Sean Alexander had the unreal year for Seattle and then got hurt like immediately after? And then I think yeah. there was—I could be wrong, but I think Peyton Hillis yeah. was on the cover after the season with the Browns he had, and then he was like stocking shelves or something a few weeks like it was it was really it was literally something like that like totally nuts i'm not sure we can blame the peyton hillis one completely on madden but the sean alexander one definitely sticks out to me too yeah Uh, peyton hillis is in 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 the uh commercials for this new madden i'm pretty sure there you go i think you can blame ea it's an ea game right like is that you yeah. could blame EA for the Peyton Hillis one. I mean, that's just jumping the gun there. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, did, <laughs> yeah. did they have to meet their quota for like Caucasian cover guys or something? Like, what else? They, they saw an opportunity. Like, this is gonna this is gonna be perfect. Yeah, we can no reel in a lot of people that watch Fox right now. I Scott, really. If you, go if ahead. You put, if you put if you put on like a hundred pounds, you could pass for Peyton Hillis. Yeah, well, that's the goal. I've been on that Peyton Hillis regimen all uh, quarantine. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I put on four pounds. So I'm getting there. So uh, let's, you know, 96 to go. And I'm looking for that cover. I'm looking for that cover. Um, sorry, quick aside. Isn't EA Sports, it's in the game, like part of the soundtrack of our childhood? Like if you had to pick little sound bites, like that's literally one of the things, considering yeah. just, I don't know, I like literally just played sports games. I know that's probably shocking, but that was for every single one. Yeah, that's like one of the sounds that I could hear that would like literally induce my mom to scream at me. So like, <laughs> you would like hear EA Sports is in the game and then you would hear Rosita's just screaming oh, at the top yeah. of her lungs. Not having it. Not having it. For yeah. sure. Bo, you had an ultimate like gaming media setup for for a young kid. Yeah, I we remember. Had lot, we had a lot going on. A lot of Hot Wheels, a lot of TVs, Nintendo yeah. 64. Yeah. Oh, man. You had a great setup. Um, there. Now, some big news that broke like an hour ago, um, and that is former Tampa Bay Buccaneer and current Oakland Raider, Carl Nassib, came out as gay on his Instagram today, and he is the first active gay player in the NFL, and he's certainly not a nobody. As Bucks fans know, he filled in really well on our team, but I just want to like, applaud him. I think that's amazing and awesome and a super important step in a lot of ways, and I, I just want to give props to him. I'm sure that was really tough to do currently residing in a professional football locker room to to do that it's unreal fantastic sorry it's just such a huge step um every person every person who comes out is making it uh that much easier for the next person to do it and and normalizing it in the nfl as much as possible and you know throughout uh society obviously but to see it in the nfl especially um that means a ton and you know just great for him and uh I hope I didn't read the entire story. I don't know, you know, exactly how 
uh, how long he had been considering coming out publicly or, or anything like that. But uh, hopefully, you know, he, he he's out there now. He can uh, go on with his life and uh, teammates and organization can support him. And he can continue to have a great career in the NFL. Amen. Well said. Just looking at his, like, the way that he came out and the way that he, like, the words that he used, um, it seems like a lot of people in the league probably already knew. And it's just... It's unbelievable to see where the NFL has gone from a societal perspective, like in the last, like even two to three years. Um, obviously, Colin Kaepernick had to lose his job for that to happen, but um, they're definitely moving in the right direction, at least right now. So not a lot of uh, feel good stories society wise in the NFL uh, in like that we can just easily come to. But this is definitely one of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, OK, well. Uh, on that, like, there's no pressing Bucks topics or things. We we hit it pretty hard last uh, last Monday with everything going on with the Bucks. There's been no off season activity since then, and no real news. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make the executive the Brady decision. quote from the shop today. Oh, I, I know he's gonna be on the shop. What is it already like aired? Well, is it? Yeah, it's already out there. A little bit of it leaked. It, the episode hasn't aired yet, but a little bit of it leaked where um, he didn't name the team, but he's talking about. You know, towards the end of free agency, another team kind of decided to pull shoot on the recruiting and, and going for him. And he's just like, couldn't. Be- I think the quote was like, "Like you guys are going to stick with that mf'er instead of me." And now, like everyone's buzzing about it, like, "Oh, it's the Niners!" Like he was coming for Jimmy G and all this stuff. And they're trying to determine who he's talking about. So, like, that's that's pretty good stuff. That's wild. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you think do you, like? Maybe we can just jump on that. Like, what team do you think it would be that was in it and then just decided, no, we want to stick with this quarterback? Like, it couldn't have been the Chargers because all indications were they were right in it till the end. So, obviously, it's not them, right? Like, Yeah, no, it can't be the Chargers. Like, Rivers is already gone. Even if it was the Chargers, they would have been happy to bring Brady in to have Herbert learn behind Brady. And the Niners had just paid Garoppolo in all, like, reality, right? So... Yeah. A, a pretty significant deal. So you got to imagine it might not have been them. I'm wondering, hear me out, and I, I feel like I always bring this team up, but the Raiders. You think it's the Raiders? Yeah, Carr. He's like that middle-tier quarterback with varying opinions on him, so that could be like, you know, he's saying they just, chose him over Just bad enough for Brady to be like, you are insane. Yeah. I'm sure Brady thinks that about every quarterback, but Am I missing must, Am I missing an obvious candidate from last year that was that was right in there? But like, is there someone that I'm just trying a complete blank on? It's like, oh no, it was very close to his Tampa Bay or this team. Like, I, I feel like I'm like it could be the Bears, right? No, I think I think honestly, like when like we went through it last year when Brady was trying to narrow it down, it came down to the to the Bucks and the Chargers pretty quickly. And the Chargers was much more of a I want to live in L.A. type of thing. But maybe, maybe like, it might have been the Rams, too, honestly. It might, like, can yeah. you imagine if McVay said, I want to stick with Goff? Like, he got us to a quarter, he got us to a Super Bowl? Could be the Rams. Um, Johnny Dean, shout out Johnny, D- Johnny Dean. He shared in the comments, at least for those of you on Facebook, the link to uh, the little teaser um, from Carmen Vitale with the Bucks, uh, the HBO teaser that we're talking about right now. So. Yeah. Um, you can see that if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, what's up, Christopher Cole, Peter Staley, uh, the professor? We got some people in the comments. 
Uh, nice to have you guys with us. If there's anything else that jumps out at you, uh, feel free to drop it, drop it in there, and we'll try to address it. Um, other cool thing is, uh, I don't know, Bo or Scott, I was going to send it to you guys, but I feel like you've done a great job handling my me inundating our group chat with like various Buccaneers stuff. So I'm trying to kind of play it cool and not come across too strong. But uh, the Buccaneers have done like their own. It's not hard knocks, but it is that kind of style of like a little behind the scenes documentary that they're, they're releasing from last season. It's called In the Current. And I think there's going to be four or five episodes on YouTube or just from the Buccaneers.com website. So I watched the first one. It's 30 minutes. Uh, really cool. Really well done. And I'm pumped to see the rest of it as the season goes on. So just figured check that out, boys. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and anyone for, else who, who for anyone that's there. unclear, like we are not NF, we are not sorry, we are NFL fans, but we're not Bucks fans. Um, and Colin has been on a heavy recruiting trip for us. Uh, yeah, to join the Bucks army, but we've yeah, but now so far, but now like I just like how you guys are the unbiased. Um, perspectives to have on this so i would almost rather you guys stay in your current zone i mean you've gone oh, this wow. far with without a cer- like okay obviously if you guys jumped on i'd be like <laughs> like all aboard but i'm just saying it's kind of nice to have you because if i throw an, an idea or a claim out there you guys will put me in my place if i'm way off and i'm being biased so i like to have you guys here to keep me in check and to keep our viewers in check as well yeah but it works out great because it's like we like talking about all 32 teams, but we especially like to get to talk about the defending champs and also a contender going into this year. You know what I mean? Like they're super relevant as well. I mean, we, I mean, three of us could probably talk about any team and still enjoy it. Just breaking down rosters and stuff. That's why these previews are so good, but the bucks are interesting. And um, yeah, I had to get a new phone. After Colin uh, sent 82,000 pictures of uh, Ronald Jones trying to catch a pass, but it's worth it and it's been super fun. So here we go. Yeah. It is just nice to have, like, kind of have the pulse of a fan base as well. Yeah, too. for sure. Um, so you don't really get, like, if you're just like a floating NFL fan, you don't really get the chance to, like, interact with the NFL, like, the different Bucks fans and the different fan bases around the league and, like, yeah. actually get an idea of, like, I feel like this year, more than any other year, I'm going to know exactly like how Bucks fans are feeling from on a play-to-play basis. So it is cool, but oh, yeah, yeah the, re- the recruiting has been relentless, but we, we appreciate it. Well, I can't wait to do this show Monday nights during the season. Like, yeah, I'm already super pumped for that because that's when the having the audience and the fans chiming in is going to be just unreal. I can't wait Monday nights too, to do a segment about our razors picks and how badly we got screwed and how it should have been a four <laughs> out of five week. And it's a two out of five. And I would, calling for coaches to be fired because they didn't cover and like i don't know that might take up a substantial chunk of time yeah we may need to go twice a week during the season we'll definitely make sure however long we have scott capron we will make sure we have time for you to talk gambling oh thank the lord yes please yeah um all right well let's get right into the afc north division preview boys this is a fun one to do so i'm looking forward to it we've kind of gotten some of those uh those divisions with lesser intrigue out of the way. Um, so we can do this one right here on Bucks Report. So uh, Cincinnati Bengals, that's a team I want to start with. Um, Zach Taylor, their head coach, heading into his third season. Uh, 4-11 and last year. They obviously lost uh, Joe Burrow in his second NFL season early in the year to a torn ACL. Um, so they finished fourth in the division, obviously. 
uh, with a four and eleven record in a really good division. Um, so no playoffs. For them. One. Don't What's forget that? that insane tie against the Eagles. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, four eleven and one. My bad. Also, they didn't lose Burrow all that late. They lost him week eleven. Yeah, that would yeah. make sense. Ten games. Yeah, oh. it, it was. Yeah, it's interesting. Burrow. Yeah, it was week. I don't know. We we love Burrow coming out of LSU, right? Like. Oh yeah. Just. I'm a I huge everybody... Burrow guy. Yeah, I, th- I feel like you were very big on Burrow uh, when we were talking about the draft back then, but. Yeah, that that I think Zach Taylor, another uh, Sean McVay alum, uh, the coaching tree just grows. But yeah. six and twenty-five and one in his first two seasons. So Jeez. this is going to be one of those big. Like I could see if we were talking. I think we were talking about hot seats. Like this, I don't know if this is one of them. They obviously are committed to their rebuild and revamping their team. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough spot for uh, Zach Taylor. That's for sure. I think they're going to be good enough to take him off the hot seat. I don't think they're going to be awesome or anything, but just for some context before we really get into the roster stuff. So they 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 were 2-7 and 1 with Burrow and they were 1-5 and 1 in their first 7 games. But here here are their losses. They lost to the Chargers by 3, the Browns by 5, they tied the Earths, they tied the Eagles, they beat the Jags. Uh they got killed by the Ravens, that's okay. They lost by 4 to the Colts and by three to the Browns. So they're one, five and one in that stretch pretty easily, you know, three, three and one there. Right. And then that's, that's that's such a huge difference. Like one, a one game swing is, is such a massive, like losing a tough, like having a tough loss. It obviously limits your ceiling now much more. Like you can't just, it's hard to just get it back, Like you can't just, really get hot in the NFL as much as you can in other leagues, right? Where you yeah. can string together wins and confidence like that, right? Because you only get to play once a week. So I'm just thinking, like, I remembered that they were definitely bettable in those first seven weeks, and I got to think in those first seven games, they were probably like five and two against the spread considering how close those games were. Yeah. But, you know, three, three, and one, Burroughs, and if, if Burrow stays healthy – like a 500 season last year isn't out of the realm. There are four 11 and one, which isn't good, but it's also not like two and 14. There is a difference, right? So I don't know, just, just for context. So people can kind of remember where Cincinnati was at last year. Uh, you know, before we talk, uh, really get into the roster now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, they got to play each team in this division twice. Like, that yeah. in itself is such an uphill yeah. battle, man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, you're probably also- underdogs in, in all six. Maybe you're favored against one of those teams at home, depending on the schedule. But even if you are, it's less than a field goal, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, they've obviously got young, talented skill position players, um, and they should be able to put up plenty of points this year, even with – questions remaining about their offensive line uh they do have some they, they have assembled like three solid offensive linemen who i like um but you know like i said they have one of the best young quarterback prospects in football so that's always a great place to start but they do have a ton of holes um and and on the defensive side of the ball especially like losing carl lawson and william jackson those are two wow. really good players at important yeah. positions Carl Lawson off the edge. He's a New York Jet now. And William Jackson has uh, moved over to the NFC East. He's with the Redskins, or sorry, Washington football team. Um, 
I think it's pretty clear they're going to have to outscore people. Yeah, right? for sure. But I do. I think it can. I think it matters that if you really know that going into the season, right? Like, if you know you got to score thirty-five each game, then then Taylor can coach accordingly. Because I don't know. We see it every year how uh, conservative some coaches are, not trying to keep scoring or like put the foot on the pedal. They're going to have to because their defense is not going to be that good. But take a look at who they have now as like the offensive weaponry here. I mean, if Jamar Chase is amazing, let's say he's – sorry to make the one-to-one LSU comparison with Justin Jefferson. Let's say he has an 80, 80% of what Jefferson did, plus Tyler Boyd, who we I think we all really like. And I, I really like T. Higgins, too, as a third guy. Mix – and then – so oh, that's bad. I was going to say mix in, mix in, as in mix in Joe Mixon as the running back. Like, Mixon's awesome. Yeah, not a great scary. dude. Not a great dude. Great yeah. football player, though. And if, yeah. like, Burrow should naturally take another step. So if he can stay upright, big if, I suppose, based on, you know, the, I know that was their big thing. They didn't take the, the tackle that went to Detroit, right, Sewell? Um, yeah. But I think they're going to be fun. I do. At the least, I think they're going to be fun. I don't know where you guys are at with that. Yeah, they and, and they do. So, so Eugene uh, in the comments here, uh, which is true, like his O-line did him no favors, obviously talking about uh, Joe Burrow. Um, and, and that's coming in on Facebook, that message. So so that's true. And there was tons of debate. Are they going to go Panay Sewell in the draft or are they going to go Jamar Chase? I had him taking Chase, as did many people. Um, just be, like the talent that Jamar Chase possesses, like you guys have heard me enough talk about it. So like I love Jamar Chase. I think he is absolutely going to have the potential to impact the game in a Justin Jefferson type of way in his first year. Uh, I'm with you, Scott. I love the combo of of Chase Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I think that's yeah. like has a potent, potent, it's, it made they made my top ten. I think they came in at like six on my top receiving groups in the league. Um, so yeah, it's very good. And then in terms, just to answer Eugene's or to address, you know, hit on what Eugene's talking about with the offensive line. Um, I mean, they got three high picks now. Their left tackle, Jonah Williams, right guard, Jackson Carmen, who's a rookie. And then they got Riley, Riley Reef at right tackle. So they've got the bookends on the offensive side of the ball, which I think is, is going to be big. So it's, it's not like there's not worse offensive lines out there. I think Chase was the right call. And, and like you said, they're going to have to outscore people. They're going to have to embrace that mentality. They got the head coach, who's an offensive guy, um, to do it. So, yeah. you know, let's... Let's sling the rock and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's like the thing that like sticks out for me is they didn't their old line didn't do them any favors last year, but Jonah Williams went down. They didn't have him as a as the year was closing out, so um, not having him. I think the decision to take Jamar Chase was obviously being like, okay, we got Jonah Williams coming back. We're gonna we can address this in free agency as well, and we can get a pick in the second round for uh, on the O-line as well, which is what they did. And I think they're the pick uh, Jackson Carmen out of Clemson. Like, a lot of people are fairly high on him and uh, seeing if he's going to be able to contribute right away. But they also got Riley Reef uh, yeah. uh, for, like, a pretty low price off of the Vikings. And I think Brandon Thorne, I was looking at the tweets, like, he, he was a fan of that signing, basically saying that seeing Riley Reef play at right tackle would probably be the, the the most optimal for his career at this point and that he that's where he liked him most so um 
Braden Thorne kind of like our offensive line guru uh, whisperer. So um, gotta be like, he's the, like he's the he's the best in the game. So you gotta con- you gotta consult his thoughts. He's like first guy I look at every time big O line sure. change or I, happens. I, I've I've been uh, picking that up from you. Like like now when I'm going through these rosters, I'll see like a big signing or a, a a name that's recognizable to me, and I'll just I'll just type in Riley Reef, Braden Thorne behind, <laughs> and see if there's any tweets that came up from him. Because yeah. he's he's got a really good opinion. And he really goes through his stuff. So yeah, big shout out to him. Um, but yeah, they they um, the thing that sticks out to me when you look at their roster though is that they just don't have the depth, and like it's a the same problem they had last year, whereas like. A few starters goes down and they're completely in the tank just because they don't have anyone that can really play behind them. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Getting Joe Mixon back from injury as well this year, so I, I think we're all pretty big fans of him as a football player and and what he could mean for that offense. But Zach Taylor's just got to get him involved. Like um, I was looking at their stats and uh, Zach Taylor. Uh, just over the first two years of his career, um, below league average in carries per game and a below league average of targets for running backs a game. Mm. Um, only about six targets a game for a running back. Um, so it's you've got a weapon like Joe Mixon, who is arguably their most polished uh, offensive player. Um, you got to take advantage of that and, and get him involved as much as you can. That's going to be the key to if they're going to turn a corner this year for me. Yeah. yeah, and like we talked about last week, like if you're not going to throw the ball to your running back who can catch the ball, you're just kind of exactly. giving away giving away what you do. Like you're just making it easier to to defend. Yeah, I wonder if a little bit of that is because they've been down so much. Yeah, so they're trying to sling it a bit. But I, I think that's a good point, though. But like for sure, uh, you got to think uh, getting the ball out of Bro's hands and not just to anyone, but to someone as dynamic as Mixon. Like that's that's not just smart. That is necessary to have a good offense right that's required so uh i I, like this division sorry before we get into this might be my most uh the the division i'm most interested in watching throughout the the years like or throughout this uh season the the combination of all the quarterbacks um you know three playoff teams from last year like there's a lot going on here and um i'm i'm looking forward to watch since play which is the that is the first time I've ever said that. Like, and I know, like, this might upset people in here. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a fact, but they are undoubtedly like this division, the AFC North. Like, the rivalries that ex- exist there are as vicious as any that do yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, I they're mean, great. I think back to like the you know the Palomalu Antonio Brown playing uh, the Bengals in like those days, and just oh, like, oh god, the Montez yeah. Burfitt hit and. Yeah, I think the big deal, the big thing is like, well, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, like, fans can drive. You know, and it's like yeah. it's not far, right? So you no. like you can bring fans to games, which is such a huge difference, and it makes such a huge difference for the like in the atmosphere in the actual stadium, right? So uh, I think that matters. Um, yeah. Anyway, my, just, my yeah. like memory of like watching all of those games between like the Steelers and the Bengals was just like it looks like such a hostile like crazy environment but like the elements of them are always like i'm so glad i'm not outside watching that football game right now like yeah it looks awful but yeah gray yeah. like yeah always about to rain or yeah it's true it's got a distinct kind of uh tableau or something like that in the like yeah it's it's everyone it's, that's there is yeah. diehard they're ready to fight like yeah yeah throw like even spilling a drink on someone is just like not acceptable 
Yeah, they throw beers at players. Bottles of beer. <laughs> Bottles of beer in Cleveland. Uh, and and yeah, Cap, what you're saying, like all, like you mentioned, part of the intrigue of this division is the quarterback position. Like I couldn't agree more. Like there is some, like there are question marks related to each quarterback, but each of them does have a high ceiling. Like I know saying Big Ben's name, but like he, he could still, you know, if he's healthy or, yeah. or whatever with those weapons, yeah. he could still light it up. But they're uh, all different. Yeah, yeah they are yeah. all very different, but yeah. effective and can be could be, you know, the the quarterback of a winning team. Yeah. So anything else we want to hit on as it relates to to this team, gentlemen, before we transition to the Steelers? Maybe I guess it's worth mentioning um, Trey Hendrickson, uh, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, as yeah. most of our audience is well aware. He signed a four-year, $60 million deal uh, coming from the Saints, coming off his 13-and-a-half sack season. Wow. Um, he, he was great last year. He was fantastic, but I do think that's an overpay. I think yeah. I would want to see more from him. Like, You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a big bet. It's a big it's bet. A big that bet. defense yeah. was improving, but I think when they lost Carl Lawson, they just you, – you panic. Um and wow. I think it became apparent that Carl Lawson was, wasn't going to be there. But I was going to say, like, the last thing I would say about this team is that keep an eye on their defense. Like, they were they were um, trending in the right direction as the, as the season went on. Uh, safety Von Bell I really liked. Um, he was great at top five safety by PFF. And mm-hmm. uh, Jermaine Pratt as well was one of the best linebackers in coverage as the year closed out, too. So. Yeah, um, Bell's a Buckeye, he, right, Cap? You probably know him well. Juan Bell is, yeah, yeah for sure. So is yeah. every other defensive back that's been drafted in the last 10 years, it seems like. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, Bo, couldn't agree more. If they can somehow cobble together, like, the 18th best defense in the league, I, I'm i not saying they're going to make the playoffs just because I think there's enough quality teams in the AFC, but I think they can at least be fighting for a spot in week uh, 15 and 16, which is a huge – step up and it's a necessary step if you're going to get there right like it's not easy it's very difficult to climb four or five teams in the afc standings to actually get one of those spots right so and i think if they finish nine and eight i i really think that's a great year for them especially considering like we said they have six games against playoff quality competition for sure now i don't know who you want to get to next i have thoughts on Pittsburgh with regards to the playoffs but um, yeah, I think that's totally fair. The the thing with like uh, the Bengals is just like I said, they their depth is the thing that sticks out. As soon as you start yep. looking at their depth chart, you're just like, Ugh, they they're like one position. They're literally a one man position. Yeah, every every position basically. So for sure. Um, and, sorry, Bob. Keep and they didn't kill their draft either. Is all I was gonna say. Like it, it's fine. Like obviously, I love the Jamar Chase pick up five. They they dra- they yeah. got an offensive guard who you mentioned, Carmen Jackson, Carmen. And I like Joseph Osai, the edge rusher out of Texas in the third round. But they, they just have they, they really do lack depth, like you're saying, and uh, yeah. plenty of holes to fill. Still, I think they're gonna need I, some injury luck then, because they're gonna yeah. need some starters to play a ton of snaps, right? I, like, I said that their ceiling would probably be like eight and nine. Like realistically, that in that division, it's just going to be so tough for them to get a winning record. Yeah, I think um, that eight nine, I, but I yeah. think it's doable, and I think they would have to count that as a win. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for them to do well, um, or to have a shot anywhere close to the postseason, obviously someone else needs to stumble in this division. Um, I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers because based on Big Ben's status, I do think there is the potential for that to happen if something were to happen to him. I mean, obviously. They have an elite defense. 
and a ton of weapons on offense uh, with their receiver group. And then you, you throw Najee Harris into the mix. Um, consistent, consistent coaching. Like, you know, Tomlin's been incredibly successful over the course of his career. I'm pretty sure he's been there longer than Cower now, which is wild. Yeah. Um, I, I think I read that somewhere. So maybe someone can fact check me on that. I could check, but he's been there for 14 years. Um, never had a losing record in those 14 years. He's had three eight and eight seasons, but yeah, he's been there for a long time. I, it surprised me too when I looked at it. Crazy. And like when I say elite defense, I mean, they were third against the pass, 11th against the run. So overall, they had the third best defense last season. Um, they didn't have any running game, but again, they addressed that with the running back position. I think there's concerns about the offensive line. It's not what it yeah. used to be. And that's going to be a big issue, especially when you have a big uh, who was once, you know, his defining feature was you couldn't bring him down, Big Ben. But I feel like he's far more vulnerable now. And then the crickety nature of his right shoulder I, is as concerning, if not more than that. I think he's washed, man. I, yeah. I do. Um, like, unbelievable career. But those last two months of the season were so telling. Like, it, it looks so laborious for him to just throw the ball to the sideline or to him, him to get the ball down the field. Like, I don't know. And then you have to deal with the potential awkward transition to a new – like to Rudolph or whoever wins the backup job. I assume it would be Mason Rudolph if uh, if Ben gets hurt or he struggles early. I, to me, there's just a lot of avenues to them not having a good season. I'm also considerably down on Tomlin. I just don't think he's that good of a coach. His record speaks for itself. So, like, if people just if the argument is just like, yeah, look at the record, worst worst um, individual season record is eight and eight. Of course, hey, that's fantastic, and a lot of coaches would like to uh, to have that on their resume. But in game decisions, I don't think he's very good at all. Uh, and I and I uh, I got a low. I'm, I'm looking at like a seven and 10 type of scenario for Pittsburgh this year. I just don't see it. Uh, so I, I share your concerns about their performance this year. Um, I think a lot of people used to critique Andy Reed for his in-game decisions as well, but I still think like his record speaks for itself. And I think in the big picture, it's hard to, for me to criticize Tomlin. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to like, not micromanage, but micro observe coaching decisions. But like, like that's insane to not have a losing season. Like, what was yeah. that? His worst season is eight and eight in fourteen yeah. years. He did that's it three nuts. times, but yeah, fourteen years. No like, losing, big, yeah, and Big Ben's good, but it's it's not like that's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers running the offense. So it's like yeah. they're just covering up the head coach's flaws. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, I, I do feel – so I feel like Pittsburgh – it's almost like they had two two years last year, right? They started the season yeah. like, what, 8-0 or something? 11-0. 11-0. And finished 12-4. and Right. So I think and the, I think the end of the season – Sorry, called the one win in those lot was like a miracle comeback that the Colts absolutely gifted them. Like it, yeah. They should have yeah. lost the last five games. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, go, that's a valid point. Sorry. We're all jumping all over to each other right yeah. now, but – like that eleven and zero was really like nine and zero too. Like they 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 had some pretty close wins. I remember, yeah, even having money on those last two weeks where they were undefeated, just being like, no, there's no way this is going to keep going. Um, but they yeah, were pretending eleven and zero was probably like nine and zero really. I I it just didn't seem real. The, the, so 
I think they are. What I'm getting at is, I think they're closer to what they were at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. Me, that's exactly what I think. Yeah. To be fair, like the play devil's advocate, they lost a lot of guys coming down that stretch too on their defense, especially which got a lot of teams back in into games that that Pittsburgh defense was better at closing out for them uh, at the start of the year. Um, Trey Edmonds went down, Devin Bush went down, Bud Dupree went down. Mm. Um, they lost three. Dupree, right? Yeah, yeah those, all three of them blue chip starters for them. So yeah. um, it, it really went on to like TJ Watt just holding them above water basically. But that front seven is the thing like absolutely to me is like their undeniable strength of this team to me. Yeah, and um, Dupree's in, in Tennessee now, by the way. Um, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, I could I could jump through like they lost Dupree, they lost uh, Matt Filer uh, on their offensive line, and Mike Hilton actually went from Pittsburgh to the Bengals. So um, from and he's a cornerback for them. Uh, we we love when your player decides to go to your uh, division rival. So uh, yeah, like to me, like they they lost three guys. The only person they picked up in free agency is Joe Haig, who. Most famously for Bucks fans, dropped your uh, the Super Bowl the Super Bowl touchdown that you probably didn't actually need, but at the moment I think it was like seven three or something like that in the game, and you guys uh. lost, he dropped the pass. Didn't feel like the end of the world though, but yeah. Uh, if you're if anyone is touting Joe Hag as a free agent acquisition, then your franchise <laughs> is in trouble. He's literally the only person that they brought in basically to to me that played any snaps last year. Yeah, like like respect to Joe Hag. He's a solid like swing lineman, like who can fill in in a pinch. But my God, was I nervous when he was having to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so I, I I think we so much of it is on how much gas Roethlisberger has, right? Like, I, once again, not to be reductive, that it comes down to the quarterback. But if he can't get the ball to these receivers, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just looked so hard for him at the end of the year. Maybe he was hurt, and uh, the offseason is, is, you know, the cure for what ails him. He's going to look rejuvenated, but he's a thick boy, man, like like a ton of C's in that thick. I, I don't see him locking in and, uh, you know, coming in for the in the best shape of his of his career in the last six or seven years or anything like that. It's like, I think we're going to know right away. He either has it or he doesn't. And I'm, I'm betting towards he doesn't have it. And I don't know where you guys are on Mason Rudolph, but just yeah. eminently average to me. Like I don't see him doing enough for them to win at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, I don't, I don't it know. feels like, it feels like a legacy favor that he's still their quarterback. Like, yeah. you know, they're yeah. just, they just don't want to do it because I, I totally agree. My eyes are telling me the exact same thing as you, Cap. Like, I wouldn't trust Big Ben at all. Like, think of that. You're right. He looks awful. He, he he can barely move out there. He doesn't even look like the same guy as he once was. Like, at one point, his stature was an, was an attribute. For, well, for a while it was, him being that thick boy. But, yeah, like, like I'm sorry, but, like, obviously he's not putting in the work in the offseason to get his ass in shape as he gets older. No. And, and it, it's showing on the field. And and he has these great receivers who, can, like, of course he can get the ball, but a lot of their plays are these short passes because they, they just abandoned the run completely too, yeah, right? He's throwing the ball, like, dink and dunk seven yards, and then the receivers do the work. Don't you yeah. think it, there's never been a quarterback who's ever had a stat line of 34 for 57 for 400 yards in a loss? 
than big like Big Ben because they just have to chuck it and he can only yeah. throw the ball so far. Like I feel like he's got games with this insane passing number. It's probably isn't good for his arm in a in a certain situation, right? Like it's hard to throw that many times. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think like the thing with Ben is just he's had full reign of that offense for so long and they just got Matt Matt Canada. They Matt Canada's like their quarterback's coach last year got promoted to offensive coordinator and he's basically been in the media saying like we're doing whatever Ben wants this year. Um so it kind of like when I think about the Steelers, it feels like a director, like a movie director who's had like four or five blockbusters and now he's he's like gearing up for a sitcom and he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to get the same guy and yeah. he's going he's gonna to play the lead and I just don't have to worry about any scene that he's in and now like that's just how they do it. But I, I don't know. Like the thing with the Steelers is just going to, they're going to be whatever Ben, ben decides they're going to be and, and it's not totally up to Ben. Like it's whatever Ben's body decides the Steelers are going to be basically. Yeah. The only thing that you need to bring up because it, you know, it, it doesn't seem to happen as much anymore, but it is still very possible to break your bread on the defensive side of the ball, and they have a nice looking defense still. I mean, like, yeah, you know that yeah. that secondary yeah. looks phenomenal. Devin Bush, I love Scott for oh. you. I love Devin Bush. Yeah, he's maybe awesome. my, maybe my favorite Michigan player in the last ten years. Like, he's, he's an animal. He's just he's awesome. so good. He's just yeah. so good. He is like. For being Devin White's younger brother, like he's he holds his own, like for being the baby brother of that Devin family. Uh, Excuse, excuse. (laughs) They're buddies. We shouldn't we shouldn't start a rivalry between us because they respect each other's games a lot. Devin Bush, Devin Bush called him the best linebacker in the league um, on social media in the last week or two. You mean White Devin White said that? No, Devin Bush said that about. Oh, about that was so nice of Devin White to say that about the other Devin, the De- the Ann Arbor Devin. That was that was cool. All right, so who's next? Um, the Cedar, only question, Nick like, Cedar is next because yeah. he says Devin Bush is the second best Devin. See, poor Cap is at a disadvantage. We couldn't even have a, a debate about this in this forum. It would be too advantageous for oh, me. Oh my goodness! It's always but, me, Cedar. It's always <laughs> me, Cedar. With it's like clockwork on this thing. Okay, pal. Like, come on, that's actually fair. Obviously, that's fair. I don't want to hear it, though. They're both great. They're both great players. That's all that matters. They're both great. Devin Bush is sick, and I I think he's fantastic. And then, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. They obviously have TJ Watt. Now, I want to say something. I don't want this to be – I like TJ Watt a lot. I think he is elite. But I also think he's getting a little too much love. um, as an individual player. And we'll see. Like, his numbers speak for themselves. He's highly productive. But I think – between, for example, him and Bud Dupree, and Bud Dupree is now gone. I think Bud Dupree wasn't getting enough share of the credit that those edge rushers were the problems they were causing for other teams. Um, and I think it's going to be harder for, for for TJ to dominate as much without without uh, Bud Dupree coming off the other edge. Yeah, it's all I'm going the other way on that one, man. I think Bud Dupree is going to have a tough time in Tennessee without TJ Watt on the other side. Well, they, both things could be true, no? I think I, I just think that the Steelers have the front seven to absorb a Bud Dupree go, like leaving, whereas yeah. I don't think the Titans have the front seven for Bud Dupree to shine. Oh, how it's getting there. Well, we'll see. Their defensive front's looking okay, but we don't want to talk more about the AFC South right now. <laughs> yeah, true. They, the Steelers have a really good defense with tons of good players all over the field. So, yeah. and they're obviously well coached up and play in a, yeah. in a scheme that that works for them. So, yeah. The the thing also I'll I'll jump on uh, here like 
uh, Alex Villanueva or Alejandro Villanueva. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. Gone to the Ravens, gone in division. Um, and that offensive line, like we talked about, was not good last year. And they got old so quickly. Marquis Pouncey's just retired all of a yeah. sudden. Like, yeah. they're, like, that offensive line, they did not address it in the way that they should have. Um, yeah, they should have been like the Chiefs. They sorry, sorry, Bo. They should have been like the Chiefs. Like, like I yeah. hate to say it, but the Chiefs just hammered on their biggest need, and we're not going to let that be the reason why they don't have a chance to avenge last year's Super Bowl defeat. Um, and I'm I'm shocked we've gotten this far without Scott going on a tirade about Najee Harris. But the fact that you address your running back in the first round, and then you don't address your offensive line until the fourth round. Yeah, third round they did. They got a they got a guard out of uh, Illinois in their third round, but you do not have the depth to be taking a running back in the first round if you I, are the Steelers. Is the way that I looked at it. I Even agree. though I love Najee Harris, I hope that he's good. Um, a lot of people think he's going to be Le'Veon Bell uh, reincarnated for them, but Le'Veon Bell had an awesome offensive line when he was there too. Yeah, it's pretty lofty to say that. Like Le'Veon was. Absolutely insane statistically, obviously, for them. Uh, Pouncey and Villanueva are as synonymous in some ways with the Pittsburgh offense as, as Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, like they were just they were there for so long, and it was like, oh, file it away. Pittsburgh's going to get gonna have a good line, right? And that's obviously uh, very much up for debate as of now. We'll see what happens. The Najee Harris thing. I think he's going to be good. Like that—that's not the issue I have. I think he's really good, and I think um, hopefully they can use him well. I just they—they definitely had other week or uh, other things to address, and of course I wouldn't have taken him in the first round. But I'm also excited to watch him play. Like he's—he's—he's he's, he's unreal to watch. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, he's not going to be running behind the same guys that uh, Bell did. That's for sure. Yeah, and Le'Veon Bell. I guess I, I get maybe I'm forgetting how dynamic of a runner he was. He was unbelievable. Like, no, he was unbelievable. Like, and I'm I'm aware how how unbelievable Le'Veon was too. But he he was such an elite wide receiver, like receiver as a running back too. Najee yeah, Harris true. is a is a capable, effective receiver as a running back. Yeah. But let's not pretend yeah. like that. That comparison seems like a stretch to me, uh, uh, because of the receiving capability. Najee Harris. Maybe we'll have a longer sustained run as like an elite runner, but I don't know. Maybe he can develop into that, but I'm just saying it's yeah. pretty lofty to throw that name out there. Yeah, maybe it's just out of convenience and statistically they could be similar, but like, I don't like you think about Le'Veon Bell, you think about him literally waiting behind the line of scrimmage, picking his, yeah. po- picking his spots, picking his holes to go through, like no rush and just churning out six yards, churning out eight, right? Like, Harris is an absolute freight train, so yeah, I don't know. Like exactly, he's he's just, he's seeking out contact at the end of runs yeah. too. Like but he's literally a, completely different players, but we'll we'll see. He's you know guys to watch. As much as I hated the pick, Harris is my guy to watch for Pittsburgh. So yeah, definitely for me too. That's yeah. like when I was looking at their key players, it was uh, Najee Harris and uh, Alex Highsmith because he's oh, okay. filling in for Bud Dupree. So yeah. Um, yeah, just gonna be interesting to see where they go uh, behind Najee Harris being one of their elite plays. But we haven't talked about the wide receivers too. Like we got to get in that like Clay, Chase Claypool. I hope that he's back and yeah. uh, being like a number one receiver for them. Juju's back. They re-signed him for a pretty low price tag as well. And, one year uh, deal, right? Wasn't there one, one year, year deal? deal? I'm pretty Was sure. Was it yeah. eight million? Did I see that right? 
I think so, but I don't like it's you know that eight million in the NFL could be like eight fifty an hour too. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah, I think um, we didn't mention him just because it was like yeah, Juju and Claypool are really good. Yeah, but you're right, Bo. They deserve some shine. They're fantastic. What a do? How good was group. Claypool, man? Oh my yeah. goodness! Just immediately too, like immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you like you're kind of fearful, maybe uh, it being a flash in the pan, but it doesn't seem like it. Uh, like so, it doesn't seem like it because he's so built to affect the game in a number of ways. Like he could be just a strictly a red zone guy, but he's a big play guy. And if he can kind of develop that reliable over the middle receiving threat aspect of his game a little bit more, uh, he could be a serious like he could really vault up the wide receiver ranks throughout the league, even within a couple yeah. years. Uh, and don't forget about Deontay Johnson, obviously. Yeah, like you know they have great receiver yeah. depth. Shit, who's yeah. their who's their the, the other guy off the bench, Bo? James Nate Washington? Washington. Nate James Washington. James Washington. James Washington. He's never he, done anything. No, but he, but he has like he's solid enough like to slide in oh, there. He's yeah. as talented as any fourth receiver in the league. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like he's got a little bit of the John Ross and Cincy syndrome where it's hard to keep him on the field. And um, once just a phenomenal college player. I think he played with Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State actually. Um, but we just haven't, ah, sorry. I shouldn't say that he's been terrible. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been as good as I think a lot of people would have guessed, but definitely adds to their depth. So it makes sense. Yeah. I I trust their front office evaluating wide receivers more than literally any other uh, team. Extremely fair. (laughs) Extremely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got that kind of depth. You, you like that's the hardest thing to do, right? It's because you yeah. drafted a bunch of good guys or acquired them one way or another. Last thing I'll add, guys, if I can, over under for Pittsburgh wins is eight and a half. So literally a five hundred season, right? You're that, that's where you're gonna sweat that the entire year, probably. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think that yeah. is a fair number. That's calling them, you know, predicting them to not be a playoff team, to not win that division. Yeah. That's where I think we're – I, sorry not to, like, you know, speak for you guys, but I think we're all falling in that same kind of seven, eight, nine win bucket for them. I don't know about – I mean, I am for yeah. sure. I got two teams I'm a hell of a lot more confident in in this division. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, we're about to get to the heavy hitters. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they see them just completely mail in this year and end up with, like, a top five pick and they pick up some quarterback in this draft and hail them as, like, the next – Ben or whatever, like even if he doesn't play like that, just their their long term answer in this next draft is probably going to be a quarterback. Um, me Cedor on Facebook, uh, he says, "I gotta say I'm proud of Carl Nassib. He was a class act when I met him, and proud he felt secure enough to come out today." Uh, right on, me Cedor. I know that uh, Capron will be Scott Capron here is pleased. You're not slandering Michigan uh, alumni. All right, me, Cedor, you're back in my good books. <laughs> uh, good call. I totally agree. Yeah. He also donated $100,000 to the Trevor Pro- Project, yeah. a suicide prevention organization for LGBTQ youth. That's fantastic. Like, uh, What an important spokesperson for the LGBTQT yeah. community. LGBTQ community. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. To have someone like that in the NFL, like that, I think I think now he's going to have a huge role for that community and like just like the macho nature of football. I think it's just kind of is really cool. It's a heavy weight to put on your shoulders, but he seems built for it. Yeah, yeah, he's always been a high character dude. Like I remember, like I really got a when he was in uh, Cleveland watching Hard Knocks, and then 
then they ended up cutting him on during hard knocks and he joined the bucks um so i got a pretty good sense for his character he seemed like a great teammate um fun guy dealing with the media too um all right so bo talked about the heavy hitters uh it is now our turn to talk about the heavy hitters as a group. Uh, I want to talk about the Browns before we get to the Ravens. So let's talk about the Cleveland Browns coming off of their best season in a while. I uh, believe um, uh, 11 and five, they finished third in the AFC North last year. They lost in the divisional round to the chiefs. They only lost by five. That was 22, 17 for the chiefs. What a game. What a game. Um, Bo, I'm wondering, was our – oh, no, sorry. That was the game we, we – the, the Nick Chubb bet that we talked about last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so – Never cash out. Never. Yeah. I mean, I'm – I think anyone who has been listening to our podcast will know that I'm like – because throughout our draft coverage, I was praising the job they did in the NFL draft because I just love the value they got, especially in their first few picks. Um, and then in doing that in breaking that down, it really opened my eyes to like how strong of a roster the Browns have all over the place, both sides yeah. of the ball. It is just incredibly deep and it is just jam packed with well-rounded starters, uh, high quality starters all over the field and a good combination of youth and leadership as well, veteran leadership and big time players at important positions. Um, for me, the big question is Baker. I mean, former number one overall pick, you know, a stud in college eventually when he found his spot. So, um, I mean, Baker's got talent, but, but seeing him in the NFL, I think I I was big on Baker coming out of college. Let me put it this way. All right, I really like Baker. But I've, I've if anything, lost a little bit of confidence in some ways in watching him play. I found he's he's been more erratic than I expected. I think Stefanski's a great coach for him, and it's nice for him to have some stability there as, with an offensive minded head coach um, and play caller. But I really think I want that. I want to like the sky is the limit. If Baker, if Baker performs this year, this team is set up so well, they've constructed this roster so well. Yeah. They could be absolutely lethal. Yeah. But, and I also think last year winning a playoff game, especially over Pittsburgh and, and dismantling them the way they did went a long way in just kind of debunking the Browns, always suck narrative a little bit you know like i think everyone knew the roster was good and they were undeniably talented but it's like oh yeah but it's the browns like let's see them actually do it and yeah they only won one playoff game but that's still a big step and that's a big thing just to prove any sort of legitimacy and for baker to to get the win um you know they played kansas city super tough obviously great record in the regular season 11 and 5 I think a little bit of the stigma of, oh, like Brown's going to Brown, right, is is like I think last season did a huge, uh, like it just helped so much in that way, which I think really kind of like monkey off the back type of scenario going forward this yeah. year. Obviously, they played the game of the regular season, that Monday nighter against Baltimore, like by far the most entertaining game. Um, kind of reminded me of that Rams-Chiefs, uh, you know, masterpiece from what two or three years ago, right? On Monday night when it was like 59 56. Um, so I really like them. And if you like the talent and you're not super worried about you know them doing what they always do, I've not an unreasonable choice to win this division, that's for sure. Yeah, like 
that's it's all true. I, just to I just want to specifically hit on some of the names that I loved in their draft. There's four players in particular. Round one, Greg Newsom, cornerback out of Northwestern. I talked a bunch about him. I was early in the draft process. I was praying he would fall to the Bucks um, because there, you know, it, it was debatable at that point, but it obviously didn't happen. Um, and then they got a guy, Bowden and I have talked about at length, uh, Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, who is like a hybrid linebacker out of Notre Dame also yeah. known as JOK for uh, f- phonetic pronunciation, uh, easy to say. I actually, uh, I actually saw Dominic Foxworth talking about him. He said that his nickname at Notre Dame was Wu. Oh, so yeah? I, I, even, I even like that better than JOK. Yeah, Wu's I like great. I wish, uh, we had, yeah. I wish we had Wu earlier in, in our process. Uh, so him, him going like towards the bottom half or like at least the middle of the second round uh, is absolutely crazy. He was potentially like a top 20 guy in the draft. So you got – just to add Newsom and him to the defensive side of the ball is insane. And then they had a couple nice value picks on the offensive side of the ball. Round three, Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver out of Auburn. Uh, absolute burner, stupid mm-hmm. fast, but he's much more than that. He's a good receiver. And then they got Demetric Felton in the sixth round, who's another guy who I think a lot of Bucks fans had their eyes on coming out of UCLA, that hybrid player. He, he'll he'll uh, assume some return duties. So they've just done an amazing job of finding guys in the draft who they can slide into this team that they've built already. It just really opened my eyes to how diverse of a they could be on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, when I was prepping for this, the, the Browns are an interesting case, right? So they – by DVOA, they're ranked ninth offensively last year. Um, but the football outsiders also had them have facing the easiest defensive schedule. So wow. that should come around this year as well, too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them regress. But the same thing as you is like you look at their roster and it's just so deep. It's it's not even that it's so deep. It's like the guys up front are like game breakers, like yeah. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. Like To be ninth in the NFL without, without your number one wide receiver – is just speaks to how explosive that offense could be. So yeah, I, I, I want to see I want to see them do it. Um, but I'm definitely extremely excited about what they could do what they could be on offense. I think defensively, um, even though they they killed the draft with Newsom and uh, JOK uh, in their first two picks and key additions um, from a free agency standpoint, Troy Hill and John Johnson coming from the Rams, Malik Jackson underrated pass rusher from the Eagles uh, yeah. in the middle of the line. And then they also got Jadavian Clowney coming off the edge. who's just going to spell Miles Garrett. And like, it's just, it, they're deep defensively from a name perspective, but um, I, I, they were 25th in defensively last year. So those were a lot of guys, a lot of key pieces to integrate uh, in, in, uh, in their first year to uh, into their scheme. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how they, uh, how they turn out defensively because I love the talent that's on that side of the ball. Obviously, we haven't even talked about Miles Garrett yet, and I think he's probably the best pass rusher in the game uh, on the outside. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what they can do from a defensive standpoint because I think that's the thing that's going to set them apart from where they were last year. They lost Sheldon Richardson too, and Olivier Vernon. I guess is still unsigned, is still UFA, yeah. but uh, Vernon's well past his prime clearly. So. Hmm. Um, he but graded he, well from the PFF said that he graded pretty well last year and he was their their uh their second best pass rusher last year but is that yeah, right yeah he was like a 70 or something like that 
they also have a strong, strong offensive line and probably what I would call the best running back tandem in football on one team when you combine Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, the Thunder and Lightning, they're both Thunder. They're both Lightning. Like, yeah, they're, both, they're unreal. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just stupid, those two together. But, yeah, like, uh, Wyatt Teller, their right guard. They got Wyatt Teller at right guard, Jack Conklin at right tackle. And then on the left side, they got Batonio at guard, Joel Batonio, and yeah. Jedrick Wills, their first-round pick in the 2020 draft at left tackle. Like, their offensive line is right Stacked. up there with the Bucks. It's insane. Wyatt Teller, who was kind of written off by the Bills, he, he, I believe, like he was, he was graded as the most effective run block, run blocking guard in football, yeah. opposite uh, Quentin Nelson. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, just insane. So I, I mean, they've done really well in the personnel department, and um, they, they have like that's the, I think that's the thing that makes you nervous about whatever you feel about Baker. It's like he has all of the tools to, or all of the weaponry, yeah, to excel this year. At like his, with, at his, at his disposal, right? Well, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, even if you don't have it going, you can manage a game through the run game and get your pass game going in the second half or something like that. You can figure out a way to win games if you're a Baker Mayfield, just checking out of plays, and if you can just really think through the game. I think the big question mark is for me, like a key player for me to watch this year is is Odell. Like, yeah, wh- what are you getting? Because like what we saw from him last year was not pretty. Like we did, it felt like. Baker was almost getting bullied at points of the year, just trying to force the ball over to Odell just because he wants to keep him happy. So what it's, it's going to be super tough. What if Odell is just like a top five receiver again, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Is anyone ruling that out? He's unbelievable. And like, yeah. It's more about the chemistry with him and Baker. It's more yeah. about Baker almost. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, we've talked about it. Sorry, yeah. Scott. I just no, 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 no. remember we, we like we talked a lot about, you yeah. know, because in in my opinion, my eye test has told me that Baker is less comfortable when Odell was on the field, at least based on how he played, almost like he was nervous trying to get him his touches. Hopefully Baker has, has gotten past that mentally and can just continue to spread it around. Because Stefanski, Stefanski's offense has impressed me in terms of how they mix run and pass, like how they utilize those weapons in the run game. And it, it makes it easy, life a lot easier on the receivers. Um, and and they really didn't miss a beat when when Odell went back. And I don't view that. Or sorry, when Odell got hurt, I don't think that's an indictment on Odell at all. I think it's just you know effective play calling and really balanced offense. Yeah. So, so please continue, Scott, because I totally agree about Odell. I think I think yeah, like he's still Odell. Yeah, and exactly. And like, hey, obviously he's a receiver, so it's quarterback dependent on what he does, right? So, I, to me. Baker, it's just like his bad is like, wow, it's bad. So if we can just raise his floor, so his worst game is still serviceable, which it needs to be if he's going to be, you know, the quarterback on a Super Bowl contender, then they're going to be really good. Because, yeah, we all know his, like, Baker's good is good. And, like, he can get get outside of the pocket and create. And, uh, obviously, he has the guys to throw to. It's just we got to avoid those terrible games, those terrible back-breaking picks that he's been known to throw, right? So he's got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Like, that's pretty good. I love Landry. I've, I've always loved Landry. I don't know. I just love the way he yeah. plays. Um, I think he can do a little bit of everything as, like, a slot guy or if you want to put him outside. He's, like, he's tough as anything. I love him. Uh, You're yeah. talking about Jarvis Landry? Yeah, sorry. I'm talking yeah. about Landry now. Um, yeah, Land- Landry, like, that's, like – it's like Godwin level hands, right? Like it's just, yeah. I feel like he's such a sure catch. 
yeah. every time he's out there. Such a steady presence too. Like Landry, all indications yeah. to me are he's just such a good locker room guy. Like I've yeah. never heard a complaint out of him. Puts his head down. Like like kind of the opposite of Odell, which is ironic <laughs> just based on their relationship because yeah. of because of uh, I don't know how much he doesn't need the ball. And and Bo, I, like in our player props, like I had a nice run. I think we both did on uh, Jarvis Landry as the season was winding down and into the postseason. His over under catches was too low the whole time. Yeah. It was like three and a half, even when it was four and a half. I was like, "There's no Odell there. They have to throw the ball." Yeah. And he, he he hit the over the vast majority of times. So uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. So but do you guys see that? I mean, like if Baker's floor is higher, like. Yeah, that's yeah. Is, it's that's like, a determining thing for their whole season. Yeah, you yes. like just you just don't want his floor to be Carson Wentz. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's like yeah. going in between Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and like a poor man's Russell Wilson. That's and it's okay. just like you can't build a winning team off of that if you don't know who you're getting each time. So when I was talking there, Bo, I was literally picturing picturing Wentz last year, and then thinking like, oh, Baker had some Wentzy games. Yeah, and it's like okay, no way, like no, totally. can't, can't, because we saw in that article, I think that Boomer, well, one of you two sent it to the three of us, um, that Wentz was just the worst quarterback in the league last year in like seven of ten different shot. types of throws, right? Yeah. And I honestly thought Mayfield had some games like that. So, um, yeah, sorry, beating a dead horse here, but if his if his worst game is is closer to average like league average then i I, sky's the limit for them guys the limit yeah Yeah, because when he's playing well he's obviously super effective and that's that's when his confidence gets going um so i totally agree i think worst case i hate to say it but worst case he is wentz uh he he plays wentz wentzy as cap says um so yeah absolutely love the way the team's built trust and leadership is in place from the coach to the front office it's all on baker to execute that was kind of my final notes there so it seems to be the theme of what we all feel yeah this is like another one of those teams where it's it's pretty easy to feel you could see yourself as a bucks fan running into them on in in the super bowl at some point i was gonna tell scott not to look at the comments but i just pulled it up because oh i'm looking at it and I thought about it. That was the first when I heard Clowney's name. I pictured the hit. It's Vincent Smith, <laughs> the running back, getting his head popped off, and then Clowney reaching for the ball like a grizzly bear. That's the craziest tackling. One of the crazier tackling highlights that I've seen. So yeah, me Cedar is back back up here trolling Scott Capron, the diehard Michigan fan, saying uh, Clowney made his career off one hit against some scrub maize and blue team up in Ann Arbor. So got him got another Michigan hit in there kicking the poor guy while he's down Um, just trying to get me me fired up you know like we're (laughs) nearing the end we've done three of the four teams and now i have to relive that play but scott scott at least you know at least harbaugh's brother is a successful coach because i want to talk about the baltimore ravens oh wow what a disgusting segue yeah let's talk about them (laughs) um okay so uh 11 and (laughs) 5 Uh, sec- finished second in the division last season. They lost in the divisional round to the Bills, as I know you two remember well. Uh, they only put up three points, lost 17-3 to the Bills in that game. Anything jump out at you guys from that game from last season? Is there any, like... Just Lamar's inability yeah. to be a threat throwing the ball at all, like three points. I know it was cold, Buffalo, blah, blah, blah. Baltimore plays in the cold. They were also pretty inept, actually, the week before 
excuse me, against Tennessee. I think that game was like 20 to 17. They didn't do much. Um, as much as I love Lamar, I think good teams can actually uh, scout him and and defend him, or they can more so than even they did two years ago in his uh, in that insane year that he had. Um, I, that, that's so that's why I actually have Cleveland ahead of Baltimore. I think Cleveland's offense is, is tougher to stop. I think there's more you have to worry about, even though in a given game Lamar might do more insane and, and get to those 49 points, right? Like I think that's possible, but. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, as as awesome as he is, I think you can kind of take him out of a game. I think a good coach can anyway. They're another one of those teams like the same way I feel about the Saints. I don't like you don't want to play Lamar at the start of the season, but I, I agree with you. Like the the game gets harder for Lamar as the season goes along. The more looks you get at Lamar, the more more tape you have on him, it seems like it gets a little bit harder for him to make plays. Um, it makes me nervous for him, but I, I'm. I'm super high on the Ravens. I hope I would like love to see them win this division. Yeah, I mean, elite weapons in the run game. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic running player in the league, most likely. Um, but I yeah. do agree. Yeah, but I do agree that over the course of a game, like yeah, you, you might be afraid he's going to bust a couple here and there, but it's pretty straightforward to just contain the run, and you're not you're not really worried about the pass. You can really stack the box. So I, and I like throwing to. Well, so yeah, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, I was about I was about to say actually, I thought they had a pretty strong draft, and and they they drafted in the first round Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Um, Bo, I know you're high on. I'm like he he has all the potential to be like an alpha wide receiver one type player, and I think Hollywood Brown's been a disappointment. But I mean, what like what are you gonna have a five six wide receiver one in the NFL? Like, yeah. I, I think he's way better suited into a secondary receiver type role, change of pace sort of thing. So Rashad Bateman is big for them to at least limit the excuses. So now he's got another big-time receiver, potentially, who he can throw to on offense, or at least he has one now. Um, took Jason away out of Penn State, edge rusher. Ben Cleveland in the third round, uh, guard out of Georgia, who's a really good player. And then they got Tylen Wallace from Oak Tylen State. Wallace. Tylen Wallace is sick, man. He's, he's really good. He's really solid. So that's two rece- receivers they drafted. Um to refresh your memory cap, uh, you're likely familiar with both those players. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're coming in depending on rookies, but it does add to the corpse of wide receivers and the amount of weapons. So, like, well, I think they kind of are depending on rookies because they, they haven't had a great guy to throw the ball to. Like, let's face it, it was a lot of Willie Sneed and, yeah. uh, like, Mark Andrews, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I, a lot I, of Mark. It's it, When he drops back, everyone stares at Mark Andrews because yeah. you just feel like that's where the ball's going every time. And, and Lamar, like – surprisingly accurate to, to Mark Andrews. But I, I thought that they had a good offseason just in general. Like, we went over their draft, picking up those two wide receivers. I think they're going to be weapons right away. I think Rashad Bateman's like a blue-chip player out of the box. But okay. um, they added Sammy Watkins, who obviously probably not the most injury. Uh, like, he's pretty injury-prone. But if he can stay healthy, that's that's big. And I think – That'll be, having, on, that'll be on his tombstone, by the way. I know. Same with John Ross, right? Yeah. But the thing the thing with this is that you have Sammy Watkins. You brought in Rashad Bateman. You actually get to play Marquise Brown in the, in the role that he's supposed to play. So it's almost like an addition, uh, what you're going to be getting from Marquise Brown, because it's, it's yeah. not the same wide receiver they had the last two years with him. Do, um, they, do they still have that Duvernay? 
Devin yeah, Kennedy, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, think so. I like him. Yeah. I like him. I, yeah, returning kicks and everything. Yeah. yeah, he's he's he can do some stuff. I don't know. I, I just like we've seen it bogged down. We've seen it bogged down now the last couple of years, and I and I think the lack of an elite playmaker that um, allows Lamar to be a little bit less accurate, for example, to just go up and make a play. Mm-hmm. I think it's really mattered. And by the the these criticisms are coming from like being a Super Bowl contender point of view. I, I think they're very good. I, I'm not yeah. like I, they're going to make the playoff. Yeah. They have a, to me have just as good a chance as anyone to win this division. It's it's not like that. I'm just saying there's they're not better than the Chiefs. Like they are not better than the Chiefs, and they were definitively not better than the Bills last year towards the end of the year anyway. And then it poured out in the uh, in the playoff game, right? So like once again. This is coming from a top tier, upper echelon, um, you know, look at the team. But hey, if if Bateman's is as good as you guys are uh, thinking he's going to be right now, then that is huge. Like, sorry, once again, just because Justin Jefferson last year gave us such a good template as a rookie uh, pass catcher, if it's anything like that, then that's a, that's totally different. Then I will, you know, stand corrected, gladly eat the crow on that one, but. To me, that's just a big, big ask. Huge. If I, I, I don't yeah. disagree with you at all, especially if you're asking him to do it as a rookie, which you're right. Yeah. That, that is what they're asking to do. So, yeah, right. like, I don't yeah, disagree he, with he you. He has to be good. He has to, like, for them to have a big year, like, Rashad Bateman has to be very good this yeah. year. And, 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 and having a, like, so they obviously have a ridiculously effective running game, but I, yeah. like, can you, can that be the only thing to get you there? No, you have to be able to throw the ball in the NFL in order to get over that hump. And, and I like how you kind of, you know, clarified that we're not criticizing them from the lens of like league average, like, no, like no. whatever it's com- amongst contenders. We're, we're trying to decipher, are yeah. they real contenders or not? Yeah. And I just don't see them. Like, I'm not willing to bet on Lamar, Mar Jackson's arm to make them a better team with, with how in love I am with the Browns roster. I like the Browns to come out of this division. Spoiler. Yeah. On top. sounds like you do too, cap. Yeah. Me too. Uh, um, yeah. I will, like, Lamar should have more time as well, too, right? We touched on Villanueva. Uh, they picked up Kevin Zeitler from the Giants as well, too. So Ronnie Stanley. Up. Ronnie Stanley's yeah, coming off Ronnie injury. Yeah, all pro. Yeah. All pro. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Like, they, Stanley could be the best tackle in football when healthy, some people think. Exactly. Like, he's, that, he's I in think, that. I think all that, like, just makes the like I feel like when we talked about it when they traded Orlando Brown I was like what are you guys doing yeah. but um, yeah the the thing with that for me is just like it seems like their offensive line should be a little bit better so Lamar with a little bit extra time a little bit more defined of a pocket even though he loves to extend plays and he, he's more of a threat outside of the pocket I still think that he can make some things happen and I just feel like he's due for another one of those huge years where it's just like he's a nightmare every like just keeping defensive coordinators up at night. Um, but yeah, their strength is just the running game and just hoping that they're they're just gonna just annihilate people on the line. Yeah, I I, I love Dobbins. You guys know that. I love J.K. Dobbins. I think he's gonna have a huge year this year. Um, but I also like I love watching. Lamar Jackson, like, oh, yeah. so, I, so I love watching him. I love cheering for him. But let me just say, I am appreciative that he's not my team's quarterback because that would be kind of sketchy when it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, unfortunately, at this point, it's a fair criticism. Like, you know, when they beat, they lost to the Chargers three years ago, 
that was his first playoff game and you know he was getting killed even though whatever you know they lost by six i think like it wasn't crazy he didn't play great but but then they go 14 and 2 and they bow out to tennessee then they you know they finally win one last year but then just are totally non-competitive against buffalo uh i hate to be this guy's like oh it only matters in the playoffs it only matters in the playoffs. like that's what you're trying to do you're trying to peak for the playoffs you're trying to be um as unscoutable as possible come come the playoffs or be able to at least produce multiple looks and i just don't think good teams are scared of him beating them uh with his arm anyway so i'm i'm curious to see if he um kind of takes it as more of a challenge to hang in that pocket a little bit more and try to deliver the ball versus you know let's like he takes off and runs pretty quickly right and no like no criticism here he's the best in the world at it so go do it and it's worked i'm just that's i'm that's the thing i'm actually looking forward to watching him see if he changes his game um just to try to well help the team but also kind of prove the haters wrong a little bit it seems like he wants to, right? Yeah, that's, it does. That's it the does. thing that sticks out to me as this season went on, especially in the postseason. He he want it seemed like he wanted to throw the ball a little bit more. Yeah. But they they also like their wide receivers were awful last year as well too. Yeah. They they did not have the amount of separation that someone with the accuracy that he has would require from a wide receiver. That and that's that's what takes that's what holds me back from picking them to really do some special things like make yeah. it to the AFC title game or something like that i I just don't hey if lamar improves and he's a great passer and an mvp candidate awesome because he's a amazing player and there's literally no one more fun to watch if he adds that to his game then that's great i just don't see it what do you guys have for their defense well they have a great defense uh really good defense yeah going through it's like yeah yeah like they they're like they're top eight in run and pass they the sixth best Pass defense, eighth best run D, and second defense overall. Second overall, yeah. Uh, according you, to Pro you know Football what, Reference, I feel like I've been playing devil advocate this whole time, but they're—I uh, actually think their front seven doesn't stick, doesn't pop off the board for me like it did before. You um, hate Jason Oway though, Bo. I, yeah, I don't like—I don't hate Jason Oway, but I—I'm not a believer until I see him do it. Like he's seen, like when I—I I prefaced my Jason Oway take with unless Baltimore takes it. Um, you did so, true. You did yeah, do that. So I, You're like, right. if anyone's going to coach them up, it'll probably be Baltimore. Um, but well, when so. I was looking at their uh, pass defense, uh, the pass rush, especially, um, I actually think their secondary is the strength of this defense, which is kind of ironic for the Ravens. Cause I just always think of them uh, going after the, going after the ball, going after the quarterback, but their pass rush uh, ranked 18th of the league last year. And even though they blitz the most, um, so a lot of it comes down to um, just thinking that, oh, shit. We have that you, Bo? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Anyways, it's fine. Um, uh, that's anyways, smoke you guys in the background is saying something. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's, it's good. Um, but, yeah, I just think that they're blitzing a ton. That's how they're getting their uh, – they're getting a lot of their pressure off of their scheme and not so much of off of, the, like, the, the players that they have up front. I really think they're going to miss Matt Judon. As well, um, mm, I think good point. they're they're hoping that Jason Away is going to be uh, taking care of that for them. Um, they let go of Yannick Ngakwe too to the Raiders, so um, I I just 
I don't, I'm not a huge believer in their pass rush, but I love their secondary. I, I think that, like, if Marcus, Peter, Marcus Peters is, like, one of my key players to watch on this team as well, too, yeah. along with Mark, uh, uh, Hollywood Mar- Brown and J.K. Dobbins. But Marcus Peters, uh, just if he's able to even uh, replicate what he had last year, he was really good for them. So I, I, I just – I don't – I'm not a huge believer in their defense just yet. I, th- I think that's – a really astute observation when you really look into it. I got their depth chart up right now, and you're right. Like the, like the names, at least, don't pop the way that I thought. And you just mentioned two big-time pass rushers or, or presence along the defensive line that have, have vacated the friendly confines of Baltimore. Uh, and don't forget Marlon Humphrey, too. Like He's like a top-10 yeah. corner in football for sure if not top five. Like He's that he's kind so, of – Yeah, he's so fun to watch. He's so good. Yeah, he's That's- amazing. Yeah. And that's then they like got- why their second like their secondary is basically their pass rush because they they lock up wide receivers they lock up the threats downfield and like they gain that extra bit of time that their blitz needs. Yeah, well, yeah we'll, see what, we'll, we'll see what Patrick Queen can do. Home. Yeah, they're, re- they're really high on Patrick Queen too, so we'll see how he progresses. Uh, Down year though, last year as well too. Yeah, but so. that's a good point. Like. The numbers, the numbers tell you that their defense is elite, but they totally could be poised for a bit of a step back this year. That's good, uh, good due diligence there, Bo. That's, that's why I'm a co-host. That's how I got it. <laughs> it's not all uh, just dressing up and uh, not having your fire alarm going. <laughs> that we actually got a fire alarm button, so it means Bo thought he had a hot take. He's just not supposed to push it himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just like steaming. It's coming <laughs> off my head. Like the fire alarm is right there. So yeah, I th- I, we might have to disable it. Call. Yeah, like I thought I could trust you to not, but I'm supposed to push the button, but you just did it to yourself. Um, anything else you guys want to hit on specifically about the Ravens before we just kind of discuss how we see? I know we've already talked about it. I'm curious to hear. I have a feeling I know where Bo's going to go with this division. Um, but is there anything about the Ravens specifically either you two guys want to hit on at them right now? No, just, no, I think we covered it. Yeah, and just I want to see if a receiver pops, and I expect a leap from Dobbins. And uh, like a statistical leap because he's really going to be the feature guy, and he's awesome. Um, but I think their their ceiling is now dependent on whether or not they can have some game breakers outside because otherwise I don't think they're going to be able to score enough when it matters. Well, and Ken Lamar getting the ball, obviously. Yeah, well, exactly. as said, it's, all, it's all tied in, right? So. Yeah. You I think we finish? talked about this like when we were just talking about like break possible breakout guys, um, Colin, but like I think their offensive uh, coordinator Greg Roman was talking about how he wants to put out a different scheme uh, for Lamar and, and just do some things a little bit differently. And like if there is a hot seat for your offensive coordinators, Greg Roman's probably on it. And, probably on it. Yeah. yeah, I could I could see that they uh, they try to do something differently because I don't think. Like I guess like everybody's gonna say Lamar is a problem because it's the accuracy thing, but I just have so much faith in him as like a, a worker and a guy who just absolutely loves football. Yeah. But he's just I just feel like he's gonna get better and better. So yeah, you probably have an idea of where I'm going with this division. He's just he's just one of the most dynamic athletes in the world. So like I love yeah. to watch that. In terms of Greg Roman, the, the the interesting thing about the thought that maybe he could be on the hot seat. Like, his whole M.O. is run game. Like, he used to work in San Fran and in Buffalo, right? And he, and he is a run, heavy run predicated offensive play caller. So they brought him in to harness or to utilize Lamar Jackson. And then it's like, oh, this isn't working. You're running too much. It's your fault. Like, 
So I guess it makes sense, though, in that all at the same time that he maybe is feeling the pressure, and that's why he needs to alter his scheme. So we'll yeah, see if they're better off with one guy changing his whole philosophy or if they would have been better just bringing in someone who has a pass passing mentality in terms of their offense. So, um, Scotty, you want to hit on any – Odds related. Yeah, stuff. so here, here, here are the uh, here are the odds for the four teams. So, Ravens are the favorite at plus one fifteen. So, a hundred uh, hundred dollar bet would uh, net you one hundred fifteen dollar profit. Um, Browns plus one sixty six. Steelers plus three twenty, and then the Bengals down at plus twenty five hundred. So you know, obviously, clear, clearly three of the, three above the other one here, but. Um, Pretty ju- I mean, I'm looking at the Browns at plus 166. I would uh, jump on that right now, which I actually am about to do uh, as I look at it. So, Yeah, I, I echo that. I think that's really good value for the Browns here. Who I like If, the, if it was even odds all across the board, I'd be picking the Browns yeah. to win this division. Um, I'm going to put – I'm going to take my chances with Baker because I just think that team um, – like you said, Scott, they have it, – it feels like they've – They've conquered the hurdle of being this inept franchise, and it's not even on their radar anymore. It doesn't. Their new team. One word about that, you know, like yeah. You just don't feel it anymore. So I feel like that's just going to alleviate a lot of additional stress and anxiety. Maybe that helps Baker a lot. Maybe that's all it really is. Who knows? Because he was carrying the weight of the franchise to take him to the next level. He's got them into the playoffs. Uh, They won a playoff game. So. I mean, they competed with Kansas City. They had the lead in the fourth. Like they know, they know, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, that roster is pretty undeniable too. Like yeah. the best version. If you get the best version of all the all four of these teams, I still think Cleveland's ahead. But it's just a matter if you think the the best version of all of them are, is coming. It's for sure. And and I just have more fit. Like I really like Stefanski. I guess I've been like kind of singing his praises throughout the this episode, but. Yeah. Um, that's so huge too. Like it's one thing to have talent and it's one thing to trust the person who's putting the talent in positions to succeed. Um, and I believe he, he is doing that at least on the offensive end. So, um, wait, gun, wait, hold on gun to gun to your head. Would you pick Baker or Lamar to be your quarterback? Baker. You have to win one. You have to win a Super Bowl. You have to win one game. Oh, that's he's just gone down, and you get to pick any. You get to pick any. You're not playing the Browns or the Ravens. You're playing the Chiefs again. You have to beat one of one team. Well, if it's the Bucks, I gotta go Baker. You gotta be able to throw the ball with the way our offense is situated. So you just gave me an out when you said it was the Bucks and not just like any team. Okay. Yeah. So okay, so let's say any team. Like, you do you trust do you trust Baker more than Lamar Jackson? I know we're gonna clip this. Go ahead, Lamar. Lamar Jackson's ceiling. We have seen his ceiling, in my opinion. Like, I don't think you can just be improve as a passer that much. Like, I don't think – like, I think he had good enough guys to throw the ball to that he would show us more in the passing game if he had it in him. See, um, whereas Baker's my... got a lot more to potentially offer because he can throw the ball. And, and, and he's not like a pocket passer. He can scramble around and pick up a first down whenever he needs to as well. So, my I would probably take just... Baker. Yeah, fair. It's fair. My thing is just I think that Lamar's ceiling is so repeatable. Like I could see him having like three or four like like the way that Steph Curry just keeps on having MVP years. Like I feel like Lamar's like the way that his skill set is, he's just can he's just always going to be able he's going to be the fastest guy on every field he's on for the next 5 to like yeah, 3 to 5 years, all, right? Those are all regular season MVPs. 
And I, <laughs> yeah, I hate, I'm honest, like it bothers me that I'm doing this to be, but it matters. It's like, a, it's like a different sport in the playoffs. Clearly. And like, I would begrudgingly pick Baker at this point because we've seen Lamar get shut down. Now we've only seen Baker in a handful of play, like, well, I mean, I guess they played similar amount of playoff games at this point, but, um, Oh God, that's so tough. That's that is just a, like, that is a just damn the, good hypothetical. I, I guess here's say. my thing. Here's I might take Lamar to make, to win one game, but I might take Baker to win four games. Like yeah, fair. you know what I mean? Like the playoff run, yeah. Yeah. So like, but like, there's a comment in here too that maybe you should bring up. Like Jackson has this is the first time he's gonna have tools. Like this is really the first time that he has like the proper skill players around him. If we, if Rashad Bateman's who I think he is and Tylen Wallace is who I think he is and, like, Sammy Watkins somehow plays, like, nine games and is selfie at the end of the year, like, I don't. this is that. the first time that he really has a good amount of wide receivers and a good amount of, like, J.K. Dobbins in his backfield that can take some pressure off of him. Like, this is the first time that he really has the tools to to put that type of run together and be the best quarterback in in the league, not just off of his own yeah. skill set. It's, it's just that he could have better tools. We still have to see it. Yeah, true. Yeah, so Greg Rabluski just t- says, you know, the tools, that, uh, but Jackson has better tools this year, which is true, which you just addressed, Bo. Uh, the professor is agreeing with him, and, and he would prefer to have Lamar Jackson in Tampa than he would Baker Mayfield. Again, that's a really good hypothetical, Bodan, yeah. and you, you kind of like – you know, I got to even stew on that one for a while longer. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I see the division. Um, I see the division shaking out Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincy. Um, that's my, my one through four. I don't know how you guys have yours. I'm going to take a bit of a shot and say Pittsburgh finishes last and Cincy finishes ahead of them. Right on. So I'll go Cleveland, Baltimore, Cincy, Pittsburgh. I hope that happens. Yeah, yeah I, I had Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincy, Pittsburgh too. I think I just I have a feeling that Steelers just like you you don't get by with that type of offensive line, especially not in this division. Like that is a guys, really they're that's a problem for them. Like they're yeah. the like the defenses that you're gonna see. Like this is the first time where you're just kind of like oh like the Ravens front seven isn't that great, but like they're gonna be good. Like they're they're gonna be able to scheme it and figure yeah. out a way to get to the quarterback. Like. They've been doing it for so many years and just replacing it with guys, but this is the first time they don't have the guys, but they still have the scheme. Interesting. We'll see. Yeah. This as Cap said off the start, this is going to be a super fun division to watch. Um, each team has quarterbacks who have the potential to be very effective. Some with better weapons around them than others. Um, tons of rivalries exist in the AFC North. Tons of history. Um, so it will be fun to see. And I do think regardless of what happens with Cincy this year, I do think they are on the come up because, again, um, you're not going to find a more passionate Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase supporter than me. I, lo- I love both those players so much. I just can't see their connection not translating to the NFL level. Uh, of course, they'll have to keep Burrow upright. but um, And then the rest of those teams are pretty, you know, in, in a – similar tier, at least based on last year. So it'll be really fun to see how that shakes out. Um, I just want to thank everyone for joining us who, who viewed this live and those in the comments, uh, bringing the heat as always. Uh, it's been a pleasure. 
We will be back next Monday at 7 p.m. In the meantime, head over to our YouTube channel at Bucks Banter. Please give us a like or a subscription or anything you can offer because uh, that's what pays the bills up here in the frigid confines of Canada. Um, and yeah, that's about all I got, boys. I don't know if you have any parting words of wisdom you care to share with our listeners. No, just for the record, it's June and it's hot as hell. So <laughs> I just want that to be quite clear uh, in case there is any sort of ambiguity going on. Um, it's hot, guys. I'm in shorts, full on shorts. So there we go. It was 28 here today. So yeah, I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's hot. Yeah, I'm just playing with the generic Canadian uh, thing, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, thanks for coming. Not an igloo. Right. Thanks for coming along. Uh, We look forward to hitting you guys up with another episode soon. And until then, take care. Hey, Banks. Peace.